Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And today we're going to be doing a lot of sports stuff because we're going to be talking about the NHL draft. And if I'm talking sports, you know who I'm talking to. So on the other line, a man who has gambled more than Pete Rose, Craig Needles. How's it going? All right. Yes, I have gambled more than Pete Rose. I, I certainly admit that. But I have not gambled more than Michael Jordan because none of us have. Oh, God, no. We don't have that kind of money. <laughs> Nor Maybe. that kind of homicidal competitive streak. That's true. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Uh, that's a that's Well, that's a crazy story, but also, like, it's it's a revelation, but at the same time, the most believable revelation of all time. Like, no one's yeah. like, oh, my God, when they read that. They're like, oh, yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> You're like, oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. Of course it, he bet on baseball. And he never convincingly lied about it. That it. Like, he's been lying, you know, about it for, you know, nearly 30 years now. And at no point were you ever like, you know what? I believe Pete Rose. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, was, that, was, that was never something anybody said, right? Pete Rose is right. <laughs> yeah, that was never the conversation. Oh, right. man. Enough about Pete Rose. Yeah. Uh, so, the NHL draft coming up in, this Friday. So everybody is abuzz with what they're going to do because we've got the best prospects in Sidney Crosby coming out. So everyone's been talking about this draft for a couple of years now. Um, we had the debate of whether or not we were going to do the NHL or the NBA pod this week because, I mean, usually they're on separate weekends, but this week they're on the they're they're both in the same week. Um, and we ultimately decided we're going to talk about the NHL for several reasons: a because we probably know more about hockey, and b this is a Canadian podcast, so, you know, bleep it. And on top of, like, well, just like, think about it this way. Like, of, of the guys that are going in the first round of the OHL variety, like, how many have I seen come through London this year? Quite a bit. So, I think I have a little more to add to that than, uh, than the NCAA aspect. That's true. This is also, like, the like if you were to take the two of them, and if you follow both sports closely as the two of us do, this is a deep, deep, like, this has a chance to be one of the greatest draft classes of all time for the NHL, whereas for the the NBA, it's just kind of like, you know, hey, is that European guy going to work out for, you know, whoever's got picks five through eight? And, you know, and it's just not a lot there for, for this year. So I figure we'll just go through each pick one by one and we'll figure out which, you know, who we think. A lot like we did with the NFL one. And we'll just figure it out, starting with the first pick, one of the most obvious pick in the history of any draft ever. Um, the Edmonton Oilers winning the number one pick, much to the chagrin of everybody else who cheers for hockey and not for the Edmonton Oilers. Um, they're going to take Connor McDavid. I don't know. Do you have anything else to add to that? Um, other than Connor McDavid, maybe one of the more exciting prospects um, maybe ever. Uh, no, there isn't a whole lot else to say about that particular selection. Uh, the Oilers are, are finally won by smart people, people who did not play for the Oilers in the 80s, so they're ahead of the game that way. Peter Shirelli actually knows how to run a hockey organization. Exciting, strange, but true. And, uh, yeah, I'm, uh, I, for one, am very much excited about, uh, you know, from, from the, the perspective of the Oilers, their future. Uh, they, they've already got uh, three guys in place that maybe can't or won't be the best player on a team that wants to stay on the cup, but McDavid obviously could be within a few years. Uh, the fact that they won the lottery still pisses me off. We talked about before, but whatever, it's done, it's done. Uh, Kevin Lowe and those idiots no longer part of this, so good for them. Moving on. Uh, the biggest question that will come out of this is whether or not um, some of their young forwards are going to come into play as far as trade 
uh, chips. Um, Leon Drysaddle is one of them that could end up uh, being traded. You know, maybe they they try to move Nail Yakupov because I mean maybe they want to move up in the uh, draft, find uh, one of the goaltenders because there's that Russian goaltender. Uh, uh, I think his name's Samsonov that they. Uh, yeah, apparently have their eyes on, and they need goaltending help bad. Um, Connor McDavid, 47 games played, 128 points. My God. That just, sounds pretty good. Just my God in heaven. I mean, like, it's just, he's going to come in, he's going to play right away, and, and he's going to be good. And I hope I get him in our NHL Dynasty League as well. <laughs> yeah, I feel, like, I feel like that'd be helpful to have him in the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the second overall selection, and possibly the greatest consolation prize of all time uh the buffalo sabers will most likely i'm i'm just gonna assume that you're you're gonna go along with me here and believing that they're gonna take boston university's jack eichel uh there's no reason to not believe that uh because that's exactly what's gonna happen so jack eichel with the buffalo moving on yeah um now here's where it starts to get a little interesting the arizona coyotes have picked number three and there are a few ways they could go with this, but it seems like most of the consensus is that they're going to take uh, Dylan Strome from the Erie Otters, uh, Connor McDavid's running mate. Um, like, Dylan Strome is a big center with skill, and if not for McDavid and Marner, people would have said, oh, Dylan Strome, he was the, the most skilled guy in the OHL this year, at least among the draft eligibles, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, Dylan Strome is a guy that I think teams most years would be happy to pencil in as the number one pick in a draft. Um, there's nothing wrong with taking Dylan Strome at three. Uh, do you think they're taking Strome? Like a couple other names, like they like Mitch Marner could be on the table for them. Noah Hannafin. It'll be one of those three players. Yeah. Um, but I think Strome has the inside track. I think that makes all the sense in the world. Yeah. Uh, the number five pick in the draft, the Carolina Hurricanes. You skipped four. Oh, did I? Yeah. No, people don't want to hear us talk about the Toronto Maple Leafs, do they? No, no, we should probably do four. Yeah, yeah, all right, all right, we'll do four. All <laughs> right, so number four, Toronto Maple Leafs, your team, on the clock. I'm going to let you uh, go ahead and give what, uh, your feelings on what you think the Leafs should do or what you think they will do. Go ahead. I think that hopefully what they should do and what they will do will converge as one, which is draft Mitch Marner. I think that Marner has a chance to be a tremendous scorer in the NHL. He may wind up moving to the wing. He may not be a guy that drives possession, but he's going to be a high percentage on ice shooter. And those guys are valuable guys that can consistently shift the percentages of the shots that go in when they're on the ice are rare in the NHL. I think Marner has a chance to be one of those guys. Um, his 18 season in London, like his lead up to the draft season, um, he played as well as anyone ever has in London since I've been here. Uh, I got to hear the year after Patrick Kane was here, but I went, I saw Kane many, many times when I was working in Kitchener and covering the Rangers with the, the, the radio station I was at then. And um, I don't know if 2000, if 2014-15 Mitch Marner is worse than 2005-2006 Patrick Kane, it's not by a lot. Or sorry, 2006-2007, Patrick Kane. It's not by a lot. Uh, so that's that's pretty high praise. And Marner is just a phenomenal hockey player. And uh, if, if the Leafs were to get him at four, I would be thrilled. And I hope that's exactly what happens. And I'm not just saying that because 
I, I've seen Marner the most out of all these players, which is true. I have. I've seen a lot of them. But if I, you know, you just look through the history of guys that score at this level in the OHL, and they're almost always incredibly successful in the NHL. I don't see why Marner would be any different. So Marner's the guy I think they should go get. I think you guys should go get Hannafin. And like I've said on this podcast before, and I know you, I've, you know, bugged you with this incessantly. Um, but I just, I really believe in, in Boston College's Noah Hannafin. I think he's Chris Pronger 2.0. I think now that you've brought in the biggest free agent uh, of this class, Mike Babcock, we know that uh, Babcock loves his stud defenseman. I think if you take Noah Hannafin, you have Hannafin and Morgan Riley. That sets up your back end for the next decade. And I think you just proceed to build around those two guys. But, like, I obviously, if, if you take Mitch Marner, I'm not going to be like, oh, God, what a terrible decision made by the Leafs. Another right. failure. But, like, that that won't be something I uttered. I'll be like, yeah, go because as a London Knights fan, I loves me some Mitch Marner. Uh, he had 126 points in, like, I don't know, close to 60 games or so. So he was averaging two points a game when he was playing for the London Knights. And um, here's the thing about Marner. A lot of people say that how much of his production was created by Domi. Uh, Marner's production when Domi was in the lineup for World Juniors and missing games with various maladies um, was about the same as when Domi was in the lineup. So Marner was driving the bus himself for quite a lot of that. Just, um, and, if, and if it's Hannafin, I, fine. If it's Hannafin, like, I, that may not be the choice that I'd be the, the happiest with, but I, I'd be willing to accept that as, okay, this is what they... This is what they think. I've seen less of Hannafin than of Marner, but Hannafin obviously looks like he could be a guy that's also a very unique talent in the NHL based on his size and strength and skating ability. So if, if it's Hannafin, then so be it. I just, I'm so enamored with Hannafin. Let, let's start rumors on this podcast right now about Hannafin so that he falls to my team at 10. As much as I would love to do that, <laughs> you mentioned the type of player he is. Yeah, and, there's, uh, there's no way. <laughs> Did you have, like? I just don't understand a universe in which the Philadelphia Flyers of all franchises would pass up on a player like. Well, that. the only thing there is the Flyers are you know one of the worst-run franchises of the last decade, so possibly they could talk yeah. themselves into. Doing I wonder if Hextall's going to change that. I don't know, but the the coaching decision is confusing people. But we we can talk about the Flyers when we get to them. Yeah. Um, number five, the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, a lot this of to me is the easiest pick in the draft. Well, not easiest pick in the draft, but. Everything from three and beyond, I think it's the easiest pick because I think that the way you look at this pick is one of Strom, Hannafin, and Marner will be there, and you just take whichever one that is. Exactly. Yeah. They they, and you know the Hurricanes are an abysmal team and they need help everywhere. So (laughs) of those top five guys, whichever's left, they just go, "All right, we'll take that guy," and then they just you know move on from there unless they want to go for like Provorov or one other those type of guys. But I think you're right. They just take who's ever left of Marner, yep. Strom, Hannafin. Um, number six, the New Jersey Devils. Cool. Yeah, this is another uh, interesting spot in the draft. I think this is um, interesting because I think that there is kind of a, a talent leveling off here. From I understand, obviously, there are a lot of teams that are uh, really in love with uh, Ivan Provorov from the brand of Wheat Kings, which is fine. Um, maybe that's what New Jersey does here. Uh, I, I think Provorov would be a, a fine pick from what I've, I've seen of him. Um, there are some other options. Lawson Krause obviously could be an option for the Devils. Uh, Miko Rantanen could be an option as well. The, the, the kid from Finland who I've only seen at the World Juniors, but um, he looks like you know he, he's got all the makings of being a pretty good player. 
Um, so those are some of the, the, the options here. Uh, maybe Matthew Barzell, if they're a team that believes that he would have had a top-notch season, he would have been in the conversation with Stroh, Marner, and uh, and Hannafin if he was healthy all year. Maybe they're a team that does that. I don't know. There's been a lot of talk of them taking that uh, kid from Sarnia, uh, Pavel Zaka. Is that how you pronounce his last yeah. name? Yeah. Zaka. Um, I, think, uh, I don't know. They, they, that's a bit of a jump for the Devils, but there's been a bit of a talk. There's been, you know, some some talk of that. I don't know if I would personally go that route. If I were them, I'd probably just. If I'm the Devils, I'd probably just take. Zaka had a year that I think that could be classified as disappointing in Sarnia. I think some people yeah. would say that uh, he wasn't bad, but I think that people may have expected uh, a little bit more. Um, it's not the way it turned out, but I, I I don't think that'd be a bad pick. But I think that they're more likely to go with uh, with a Kraus in the arm with a, with, a, with a Pavel Zaka. I don't yeah. think Zaka gets much outside the top ten or eleven. I think that his his basement is probably number eleven of the Panthers. But yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, number seven, the aforementioned Philadelphia Flyers, coming off a very interesting coaching hire. Um set to make their pick at number seven. Uh, I think that they, like, they need defense more than anything. So, like, to me, they should only have two names on – or, like, there are three names on their board, and it should be Hannafin, Provorov, and Werneski. And they should just take defense. Well, like, whichever one of those guys is top on their board and is there at seven should probably be the guy they take. What do you think? Uh, that seems reasonable. Now, the, the interesting about Werneski is um, – the London Knights hold his OHL um, OHL rights, and he hasn't committed to the Knights yet. He's still committed to going to Michigan. Um, I would suggest to you that there would be some NHL teams that if they are to draft him, they would highly suggest that perhaps he should, instead of going to Michigan and playing as a freshman there, go to the OHL and play for the Knights. But obviously, that's... Uh, that's cart before the horse. I know if I were running an NHL team, and I had a chance to either have a guy play as a freshman at Michigan where you know he's not going to get as many minutes, you know he's, he's going to be down the lineup because freshmen play down the lineup and all that stuff that comes with being in the NCAA. Um, I want the guy just playing for the night, but that's just me. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Um, anything else on the Flyers? Do you think they, they might go anywhere off the board? or? Uh, I don't know. Like Hextall seems like he kind of knows what he's doing, but again, the coaching hire... Uh, you, as you mentioned, a little bit, uh, a little bit strange. Um, I don't know. Here's the, the, the problem with the Flyers, and you mentioned that defense is likely going to be the way they go, and and this might be why. In the short term, let me read you the following numbers. Um, the Flyers for this upcoming season have Mark Streit at five point two million. He's thirty seven. Andrew McDonald, who's terrible, at $5 million, and that contract lasts for quite some time longer, all the way up until, when is it, 2020. Uh, Luke Shen at 3.6, and Luke Shen's kind of become kind of a mess. Nicholas Grossman, also not particularly good at 3.5. Nick Schultz, Ugh. bad at 2.25. Um, it's okay. not a good situation. It's so much money. <laughs> it's so much money tied up in lousy players. Chris Pronger is still on their cap, despite the fact that he works for uh, – the uh, NHL Department of, uh, of Player Safety, uh, or whatever player it is. safety yeah. which is the most ironic hire in the history of yeah. anything uh, because there's no one who made it less safe for players around him than Chris Pronger. Um, I believe that the, you know, the, the book that Bart got in The Simpsons when uh, he was joining the junior campers and it was Don't Do What Donnie Don't Does. 
That's essentially what Chris Pronger's hiring at the NHL Player Safety Office was. Yeah. Uh, either way, he's still on their cap because the league rules are really stupid. Uh, it's not that it matters, but the moral of the story is this. When you look at the cap sheet and the Flyers' defense, it is a disaster. Absolutely awful. Not to mention they have contracts like R.J. Umberger, two more years at $4.6 million. Vincent LeCavalier, three more years at $4.5 million. He's so washed up. It's awful. They have the messiest cap sheet in the league probably. Just filled with bad, bad, bad contracts. Andrew McDonald may be the worst contract in the league. And David Clarkson's contract still exists. Like oh, it, it's it's a mess. It's a mess. My God, the Flyers. Yeah. yeah you got Hexall's got a hell of a rebuilding project. Yeah, I him. like. I don't even know where you begin with that. No, like, this is like I understand they have Claude Giroux and and uh, they have Jakub Voracek, uh, and those are good players. Voracek, by the way, an unrestricted free agent after this coming season. Yeah. Feels like that might be a problem based on those cap numbers I just mentioned to you. But uh, either way. Uh, it's it's a mess, and that might be as big a job as Shanahan and Brand Stamp at the least. Oh boy, now I got like what a just what a mess, what an absolute bad, mess. They have more bad contracts than anybody else in the league. I can safely say. Yeah. Um. So that's enough about that. <laughs> just wanted. Yeah, we've, we've talked about the Flyers cap sheet long enough. <laughs> yeah. Let's move uh, on and talk about the Columbus Blue Jackets. Uh, Columbus Blue Jackets. This pick at number eight. This has uh, Miko Ratsanen written all over it. To me. A lot of people are saying that because yeah. of the Finnish connection with Kiko Linen, and and that makes sense. Yeah. Um. And, and if if that's who they take, if he, they think he's the best guy, then sure, go to town. Um. And I like, don't, I'm on. But, I'm on the record saying I think Ratsanen is going to be a very good player. Like sure. I don't. Yeah. Like he just everything we saw of him in the World Juniors would you know lead you to think he's he's going to be an NHL player whether or not he can make the leap to a superstar you know that's the roll of the dice you have to take though but yeah um I I, I would suggest there's no reason why Columbus shouldn't do that um I, I think that Lawson Kraus will be in consideration here too I don't know yes. what Lawson Kraus is for yet but it's uh, well, well we'll we'll stop much time to get to the podcast or uh, the podcast here uh, uh nine San Jose Sharks San Jose Sharks at number nine, this um, might be where, like, I, I, I know that I suggested Barzell for New Jersey. Yeah. This is where Barzell goes. Uh, maybe this is where Warinsky goes. Uh, there's a lot of, of options here. Maybe this is a Pavel Zaka spot. The Sharks uh, haven't been afraid of the whole Russian thing in the past, so perhaps that's something that they do. Um, they, they, they have options. Um, and this is another team where you look at what they've got, and, and there, there isn't. Obviously, like most NHL teams, there's in a position where they're like, okay, they shouldn't draft someone who does this. So, uh, and, and the Sharks front office, see, will about some of the things that have gone wrong for them in, in, in recent years in the playoffs. And obviously, they had a disastrous summer last year. But the Sharks front office has a pretty good drafting track record, and I see no reason why that wouldn't continue. Yeah, this, uh, to me, the Sharks seem like. Uh... Uh, candidate. I, I feel like Lawson Krause is going to be there for them at nine, and they're just going to take Krause because sure. if there's one thing, he's we a know, guy that can step in and play in the NHL next season. Yeah, you. and the Sharks love that, and like they love their big forwards and Krause's. They like their skill though too. And, yeah. and, and here's the thing about Krause is he's one of the more famous names. He's on the World Junior Team because he fit a very specific role on that team. But his numbers in the OHL are not typically befitting of a guy that gets like the number four ranking overall in the central scouting rankings and things along those lines. Uh, but it's very projectable as to what kind of guy Krause is going to be in the OH and the NHL. 
And if you want a guy like that and you're in the back end of the top 10, then sure, go for it. Pick number 10, my boys, the Colorado Avalanche. Defense. Defense. God, that seems to be where the hole in the organization is, doesn't it? Oh, uh, my God in heaven. Wierenski, I think Wierenski might be the guy they're hoping if for. Wierenski, yeah, I, I think they've got their fingers crossed that Wierenski's going to be there um, at number 10 if, you know, I see. I don't, Robert Hannafin aren't going to fall that far. No. So I, 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 that's obviously a completely acceptable scenario. Now, the thing about defensemen in this particular draft is if you're not getting one of Hannafin, Provorov, or Wierenski, that's kind of where things level off a little bit. Oh, yeah. So... Like, there won't be... I, like, I, I would After those three guys go, is there... There just... There aren't any defensemen I'm looking at because, like, there were some people that were suggesting that they should take... Uh, Oliver Kylington or one of those guys? Uh, yeah. What was it? Uh, is it Jacob or Jakob uh, Zoborel or Zoborel, the kid who plays for St. John? And oh, yeah, I was yeah, just yeah, like, yeah. oh, my God, he's, like, a back-end-of-the-drafter at best. At back into the first round, I mean, like, he's, yeah, he's yeah, a first-round yeah, yeah. talent. But, like, he, you want to take him with, like, picks 25 and above. And then the Avalanche for <laughs> talking about stretching for a defenseman. And, and I was, like, kind of talking myself into it. There. Yeah, that's true. That would be the, if, the move. If none of those defensemen are there, right? let's just say, let's just play down. the scenario out in the draft where none of those defensemen are there. So that means we know for sure McDavid and Michael are gone. We know for sure Strome and Marner are gone. And we also know for sure those three defensemen, Hannafin, Provorov, Wierenski, are gone. Uh Rantanen might be there, Krauss might be there, or Zaka or Barzell. One of those will, one of those guys will for sure be there. So if it plays out that none of the three defensemen are available, I just think you say one of two things: you're taking Zaka or Barzell, or Krauss if he's still around, or you're trading down or something. And that's just the way it should be. I think if the three defensemen go for the Avalanche pick, there's a pretty good forward who's going to be sitting there waiting for them. I just don't need forwards, though. I know they don't, but I think you have to draft the best guy that you can. Can they package O'Reilly in the 10 and move up further? Probably not, right? Like, uh, I, I, I think they could. You think they I could? think they're willing to – it like, depends on how far up you want to go. I don't think you can get yeah. to two. No, but no, But no. I think oh, that if you called the Leafs and said that, you know, O'Reilly and the 10th pick or the fourth pick in Gardner and maybe the Avalanche during the second round or something. Yeah. I think there's a conversation to be had there. Oh, God. That should absolutely – both teams – our team should absolutely do that because then you guys – I think that the Leafs would have a really hard time saying that they didn't want to draft Mitch Marner. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's the only thing I would stop because, like, I don't know. Could they get six from the Devils? I don't know. I just I, think I, this I think, draft think is that, so the juicy. Thing is, that... Giving up O'Reilly is um, – it's probably worth a little bit more than getting from 10 to six. Right. Yeah. So I like, I, I don't know. I, maybe there's a way to trade up, but in the draft, typically trading down is what you want to be doing. Yeah. Number 11, Florida Panthers. Uh... Here's the bet I'm willing to make on this pick. If I were to bet on one of the picks in this draft being moved, this would be the earliest pick that I bet a bunch on. Oh yeah, That's... I think the Florida Panthers feel like they are they are ready to make the playoffs this coming season. I think the Florida Panthers feel, for a variety of reasons, they have to make the playoffs this coming season. Mm-hmm. And I There's... think there are some NHL teams that are having some cap difficulty 
that might be willing to trade some pretty good players who are playing right now to the Florida Panthers in exchange for this pick. And I think the Florida Panthers might be a team that be willing to listen on that. Yeah, like I, I certainly buy that. I mean, for ancillary reasons, they certainly do need to make the playoffs. Otherwise, they might not be a franchise in that city in the well, next. Well, the clock's ticking there, right? Absolutely. Um, they could be the Seattle Panthers shortly enough. Yeah. Um, the Quebec Nordiques or whatever you want yeah. to call them. Oh, God, fingers crossed. Nordiques, actually. Um, well, although Lulongo back in a Canadian team, back in a Canadian market. My God. Um be glorious for everybody. Uh, what kind of uh, move do you think that they would make? Do you have anything off the top of your dome piece that you think that they might be might have on the table? Is well, uh, again, this is speculation. Is anything I've heard? Love speculation as a rumor. But the folks in Florida and the folks in Chicago have a pretty good relationship when it comes to trades. Mm-hmm. Chicago needs to clear some people out. Chicago doesn't have a first round pick. Like, let's say the Blackhawks think to themselves, okay, maybe we can't get Brandon Sodstein or worry about him getting offer sheeted. You don't think that there's at least a consideration there? Oh, God. I don't think Sharp for the pick pick number 11 would make any sense, but what if it's Sod and Kruger for pick number 11 and something else? Oh, my God. And then Florida, or Florida, the Blackhawks could just take, like, Ratsonen, because Ratsonen would probably be there. They'd be like, or hey. Whoever, it doesn't matter. Like, whoever the Blackhawks get at 11, um, is well, going to be a pretty good player. Contribute right away. My right. God in heaven. I love that. I love that scenario. Uh, that, that, that's just sort of I don't know if they want, like, that was you don't want to trade Zod. I don't think they want to trade anybody, but the salary cap is a thing that exists, so you have to adjust accordingly. Uh, but one would think that by the time, uh, like, I'm, I'm away from the, uh, the other radio show this week, by the time I'm on the air on the other station again on AM 980, I would suggest to you that some of the Blackhawks' cap problems. Maybe not all of them, but some of them will have been solved. Yeah. Ah, they're so smart out there in Chicago. I mean, yeah, it they've done it that, twice already. They'll yeah. do it the third time. Yeah. Uh, well, just look, like someone said the other day, put together a team of the guys the Blackhawks have had to trade because of the cap. That team would have would have had a fighting chance to make the playoffs in the East this year. Oh, God, yes. So, because you would have... Uh, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, yeah. know, it's, it's so unbelievable the, the way they've managed to do for Stieg the first time, Dave Bolin. Again, not great players, but again, this like we're just talking about putting together a team here. Uh, Brian Campbell, uh, Antini Emmy. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's just a bunch of guys the Blackhawks have had to, you know, send on their way because they have no money for them. And they're all pretty good. And we're gonna, probably going to add Sharp to that list this offseason, who's good. Uh, we might have to add Brian Bickle to that list this offseason, who's not good, but I'll get to that later. Um yeah, there's definitely some things to discuss there. Now, I think that they might have to wind up being in a situation where they say to some team, yeah, if you take Bickle off our hands, we'll have to give you something to do that. Um, if I were a team that was planning to be bad this season and had some cap space where uh, perhaps dollars and cents didn't mean very much, I think of at least one, uh, that would that would be a call I'd be making to the Blackhawks. Hey, I noticed you have some cap problems there. Want us to help you out? Oh, but you have to give us something for, for our troubles. Yeah, I love it. I love everything about that. They should absolutely do that. The, oh, the Leafs, yeah, the Leafs should do that. And, and the, well, the Blackhawks, obviously, uh, they're smart. They know what they're doing. Uh, I think they're going to explore all those scenarios. Oh, boy. Let's uh, talk about Dallas Stars. Dallas Stars. Um, this is an interesting one. And this, you know, this is another Ratman potential. Yeah, this is another uh, Ratman. Uh, I think he's going to be gone by the time this goes. Yeah. Uh, Timo Meyer might go here, the guy from Halifax. Yes. Uh, Maybe this is a Travis Konechny spot. Uh, since 
Jim Nill has arrived in Dallas, the draft results have been relatively good. So we'll see. Uh, but they got that. A few options here. They Connect got that is guy, gift from the Bruins. <laughs> uh, well, that certainly isn't hurt. But you've got to be the team that's smart enough to take advantage of the gift, right? Yeah. Uh, which Dallas was. That's another one, though, where you don't know how many teams actually knew Sagan was getting traded. You know what I mean? Like, how oh, many, yeah. How many teams were aware of the fact that trading for Tyler Sagan was something that they could do relatively easily? It was It was a little bit, like, it, it had the vibe that the Bruins just took the first thing that came right. down the pipe. Yeah. Right. And Riley Smith, you know, decent enough player, fine, whatever. But, again, not, not like the, what they got compared to Sagan is, is pretty lousy. Um, Travis Konechny is a guy who's falling in a lot of uh, – I shouldn't say falling, but he's going in the, the back half of the, of the first round on some boards or the middle part of the first round. And he was a guy that was a consensus top ten pick heading into the year. And he, he had a, a kind of a difficult year. But he's a guy that's, that's scored at every level. And, yeah, he doesn't have a lot of size that comes with his game, but I think that he's a guy that might – be a pretty productive NHL player, so I, maybe that's a guy that Dallas considers because they're a team that uh, obviously prioritizes skill, so uh, that's, that's certainly a possibility. Um, yeah, I just, I'm sorry, I was going to say, because you mentioned Timo Meyer from the Stars. Um, before you mentioned Florida taking that, trading that pick, which I enjoyed that immensely, uh, one of the guys I had them selecting was maybe uh, Meyer, Timo Meyer. Meyer would that spot. Like, he would fit there, and he get to play with Barkov, which I like, I would love to see Meyer and Barkov play together in, in Florida. Um, Los Angeles Kings with pick number 13. To me, this just has Kyle Connor written all over it. Yeah. I've seen a lot of that. Um, yeah. I'm on, uh, it's a little chalk. It feels like a little chalk, but I, I think I, I just, why not? Uh, I, I think this could be a spot for connecting again. I know that yeah. the Kings are always the, the size, size, size team, but the last time that the, the Kings went and took an Ottawa 67s guy. It was Tyler Toffoli. That seems to have worked out. Uh, I, I'm not saying that, that means that this one would automatically work out, but I think Konechny is a guy that could go to Los Angeles and do very, very well. Um, that's, that's certainly a possibility. Uh, maybe this is a Nick Merkley spot, who I thought had a very good playoffs for Kelowna and looked very good in the, uh, in the Memorial Cup. Maybe this is a Nick Merkley spot as well, who, again, isn't as big as some of the other guys that are on the board. He's 5'11". Uh, he needs to fill out a little bit, but I think he's a guy that has the skill that the Kings are typically looking for. So uh, maybe this is a Nick Merkley spot, too. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, number 11, or 14, sorry, the Boston Bruins. Um, I don't know. Like this, Here's the thing. This, this is going to be a hard one to predict. Yes. Because with Shirelli, you're like, okay, they'll do the relatively smart thing because that – seemed to be what had gone on at the draft table for them for a little while. And, and they hadn't hit a lot of home runs, but they, you know, they, they consistently came away for, with some, from some of the middle rounds with, with good players. Um, I have no idea what the Don Sweeney regime is going to be all about. As a Leaf fan, I'm excited for the Don Sweeney regime because I don't feel like he's going to be smarter than Peter Shirelli. <laughs> um, and if they, if they decide that they're going to return to the big bad Bruins and want to make Lucic the center of the team and, uh, they want to just start prioritizing like big guys that can't skate particularly well and can't put the puck in the net. Um, go nuts, Boston. I would love to watch you do that. Uh, so I don't know what the plan is going to be. I think it's, it's interesting to see what direction they go in this pick. If they go with a guy like Paul Bittner, like, you know, the, the big guy from Portland, uh, uh, perhaps that, that would kind of show us what kind of decision-making they want to make when it comes to size within the roster. Uh, 
I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I'm, I'm curious to see what the what the Don Sweeney regime is. Because if you look at the Bruins cap sheet, that's another one that uh, is, is very interesting. If you go take a look at what the Boston Bruins cap sheet looks like, um, it's not that there are awful contracts everywhere, because they aren't terrible, but uh, they, they need to make some decisions. And there are going to be some guys that are going to be leaving the Bruins very shortly because they just don't got enough, enough gosh darn money to pay them. Uh, Boychuk's already been sent out the door, and he's going to be soon followed by some other pretty good players, one would think. Uh, Tory Krug's contract goes up to $3.4 million next year. Uh, the contract for Riley Smith goes up to $3.425 million for the next two years. Uh, I think a guy like Chris Kelly probably shouldn't be getting too comfortable in Boston. I think he's an easy guy to trade, and I think he's a guy that they may have to trade. Uh, Lucic is an you know, unrestricted free agent at the end of this season. I don't think they're going to trade him. I think they're going to try to rebuild kind of around him, which isn't smart because I don't think Lucic is as good as his reputation is. But I think that someone's going to have to go if you just look at the numbers. It's probably going to be Louis Erickson, but someone's going to have to go. Um, Kyle Connor, I think, is a potential Boston Bruins pick. Uh, what do you think about Colin White? you think uh, would this show interest in White? I mean, White's only. No, I, 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 he's, a, he's a guy that uh, is a two-way guy. What's his NCAA yeah. commit status? Or is he, is he going to the queue next year? I don't think he has any an official status because everything I'm reading just has him listed as, like, USA. The U.S. development team. But I'm just wondering, yeah. is, he, is, he, is he committed somewhere? Committed I should, to anyone. I should know yeah. this. Uh, Let's see if I can find out. Um, uh, but Yeah, so he's, he's committed to Boston College. And okay. he's been drafted in the queue by the Quebec Ramparts. Um, I do I, maybe he's a guy that goes to the queue after he gets drafted, which which happens from time to time with those guys from the Northeast U.S. used to say. But, yeah, I'm curious to know where, where he goes next year because he's obviously going to be a guy that, you know, if, if he's committed to B.C., great. But I think some NHL teams may want him to not do that. Now, you mentioned Bittner earlier. Um, he is a guy who is falling out of the first round in a lot of the mock drafts that I really? see. Really? Yeah, are you fine? Like, I'm finding him, like, when when the mocks were first coming out, Bittner was was in kind of like the the twelve to eighteen range, and now I'm seeing him go in like the late twenties. And there's some drafts where I've seen him not even being taken in the first round. And I was trying to figure out why. I didn't read any sort of like he was on that really good Winterhawks team, right? And I don't mm-hmm. know. It just I, I, I see. Some, this might be a guy that there's a, a a bunch of different opinions on. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll get to him later. Uh, number fifteen. Calgary Flames. This is where I have Travis Konecki. I think I Konecki think this is where go here. Konecki goes uh, off the board because the Flames loves them, the under the undersized scrappy guys. Yeah, I, and I, he certainly fits that profile. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously they talk about uh, pugnacity, truculence, testosterone, and whatever the hell else it was Burke was talking about when you got yeah. to Toronto. And I'm not, like, obviously Konecki isn't a guy that's, uh, that's a bruiser, but he's, uh, he, he's a tough guy. He plays tough. Um, so... I, I I see no reason why he couldn't be a guy that, that goes there. It, there's a, a dream I have where Konechny falls to the Leafs at 24 with their next pick. Um, I I don't think that's what's going to happen, but it'd be super neat if it did. Um, boy, I can't wait to bet against the Flames next year. That's going to be my like. If you listen to our baseball podcast, I had the the Kansas City Royals as my gold star over yeah as my gold star as my lock of the year I, like the flames are the flames under is probably going to be my lock of the year i'm curious about what the line like is it 
are the the sports books going to adjust knowing that the gambling community has found a few holes in uh, the way these lines are adjusted and a lot of people made money off of teams that everyone knew were going to be better and or worse this year like how, like the sports books probably lost a whole lot of money on uh, who's a team that uh, everyone sort of knew is going to be better. The Avalanche. The Avalanche last The Avalanche year. is a team they would have lost some money on, for sure. Uh, they, they would have had a lot of people betting the, the the under on that, which absolutely would have hit. Um, I think they would have had a lot of people betting the over on a team like... Uh, just, uh, the, the New York Islanders, I think, is the best example yep. of that. Whereas everyone kind of knew last year, like, hey, wait a minute, other than goaltending, this team was pretty good. They go out and get a middle-of-the-road goaltender, all of a sudden the team's good. Um, I, I just think that they, the sports, which may eventually start to catch up on this stuff, I don't know, but I think they would have taken a bath on a few different teams last year, the Islanders and the Avalanche being the most obvious examples. Yeah. Uh, next year, the, the big one's going to be the Flames. For, yeah, sure. Uh, Flames. So, yeah, maybe they adjust the line. So Yeah, well, we'll see the line's don't. like before we start making the gold star. But, yeah, uh, I'm sure yeah. we'll do an over-unders we, NHL plot. Yeah, and, and we'll see what they do with this particular pick. Um, yeah, Nick Merkley is another guy who will be on the board for them. Yeah, I think that Merkley would be yeah. a guy that would fit there. Uh, the next is, well, actually, it's three Western Canadian teams that are out here. Uh, yeah. 16, Edmonton. This is the pick they got from Pittsburgh. I don't remember this particular trade. Do you David remember? David Perrin. It was, oh, right, it was the bronze trade. Yeah. Um, um, oh, man, they could go a lot of few ways with this. I've seen some mocks of Jeremy Roy coming off the board for them. Um. I've seen Thomas Jabbott coming off the board for them. Uh, I don't know. What do you think the Oilers should do? I mean, they should probably go defense here or maybe trade down if they, it, if they it, feel it like. It depends on – I think that they're – I think this is the spot in the draft when you can start going defense again. Um, yeah. Maybe they take the guy from St. John. Maybe they take uh, – I really like Jeremy Wall. Jeremy, yeah, he'd be fine. Uh Oliver Kylington is a guy that I find uh, I'm, I'm very curious. I haven't seen a lot of him, obviously, because he plays in Sweden, but he's a guy I'm very curious about. So um, maybe he's a guy that goes there. He's a guy that I'd like to see the least take at 24, if possible. Uh, so there, yeah, there's a few options there. Uh, number 17, third Western Canadian team in a row, the Winnipeg JETS, 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 Jets. Um, if Nick Merkley's still there, he's not going past the Winnipeg Jets at 17. I can tell. I think that. he fits the mold of the guys they usually take, or they, at least they have taken in the in the Kevin Shettle day off regime, mm-hmm. which is, you know, I, I I don't feel like they shoot for the stars a lot. I feel like, like let's just take a solid player. Let's just take a solid player, and I think that's what they're going to wind up being able to do here. And Merkley is the guy that would kind of fit that. I don't think they're going to be a team that's been on the uh, uh, Evgeny Shevchenkov discussion or something along well, the uh, The latest mocks are saying Shevchenkov might be on a board. I don't I, Really? Yeah, uh, Jeff Merrick, that, that, wouldn't, that wouldn't be what Winnipeg typically does. No, I know. Based on what they've done in the Shovel Day off air or since they became the Winnipeg Jets. But like that again, I'd be willing to be surprised. Well, Jeff Merrick, who I have tremendous respect for, um, is has been ringing that bell over the last week or so of the Jets taking Shevnikov. Um, just saying, you know, maybe it's time for the Jets to roll the dice, that sort of thing. I don't disagree with it, but I just don't see it. You know, like it's just to me, the Jets are kind of that team where they're like, I don't know, maybe it is time for them to swing for the fences. I don't know, but I just they feel like the team that's just. You know, making solid plays, just in baseball analogies, they're hitting singles and doubles, just trying to drive in runs. And then 
Yeah. This doesn't seem like the, t- the, the spot for them to, to swing big, in my opinion. But uh, I don't know. I, I, I see them taking more of, like, um, Merkley if he's there. Maybe uh, Shabbat if he's there. Uh, Konecki maybe if he's there. I mean, Joel Erickson's a guy that they might... Uh, Ilya Samsonov. Samsonov, yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I, just, I can't see them taking the, the Russian. Right. Um, uh, Ottawa Senators are next. Your favorite team, <laughs> the <laughs> Ottawa Senators. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think they would love to be able to get Travis Konechny. Yeah. Uh, I don't think that's what's going to happen to them, but I think that they would enjoy that. Uh, maybe Jake DeBrusque for them, uh, who's who's got NHL bloodlines. Uh, yeah. Travis Konecki is there. If, if Konecki's there, he, I think he's going to go there. He's there like, woohoo pick if, if he yeah. happens to be there. Colin White, if you know, if he doesn't go a few picks earlier, could could certainly be, yeah, one of their guys. Um, do you think that they might leap and, and go for uh, Zobral, the Senators? Yeah, I, I guess they could. I, 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 I that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, this is a draft like. This is a spot in the draft where I think they're going to get a lot of people, a lot of teams that have different opinions on similarly ranked players. You know what I mean? So it's going to depend on, on the team's opinion. I don't think there's anything that would be that wouldn't be off the board by any stretch of the imagination. Number nineteen, they follow up your favorite team with my favorite team, the Detroit Red Wings, and. <laughs> Joel Aronson Eck. Yeah, uh, Joel Aronson Eck. Like, he's, if he's there, he's they're taking him. Swedish player. Uh, yeah. And they seem to enjoy those. Um, Oliver Kylington, if they want to get crazy. Uh, there are uh, a few. Gabriel Carlson. There are, there are some Swedish players, uh, which is, you know, a place that they've done very well in the draft from. Um, obviously, they, they, uh, their last first round pick, though, was uh, a guy who was NCAA bound, Dylan Larkin. Not a nice year at that level. Um, so it's not to say that. So maybe Colin White. I don't know. There, there's there are some guys that would fit there. Uh, there isn't a, a spot in the Detroit system where you're like, okay, they need somebody there. Uh, but I, for one, am uh, I'm, I'm curious to see what they do. I think they just take Eriksson Ek and just they love Call their day. they love their Swedish players. They 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 love it. Like he's a complete. Player. Well, they, whenever they draft out of there, it, it goes pretty well. Yeah, uh, I, I think and and. Uh, Erickson Eck is, is from what I've read and I've only ever seen him play, you know, in the international tournaments. Um, he seems like a damn good hockey player, complete guy, two ways. Seems like a Detroit red ring to me. Yeah. I don't just, I think they just take, uh, Erickson call it a day. Uh, Minnesota wild. Um, probably one of the more obvious picks in the, uh, in the draft. I think Ilya Samsonov will be there. I think they'll take him, and I think the Wild will be like, we don't need to do anything else. Moving yeah, on. What do you think? The thing about goalies is they develop weird, and that's true. You know what? What's what's a need today may not be a need tomorrow. Um, so yeah, I could that that could definitely be a pick that they make. This that may be a Jake DeBrus spot as well, um, or a Jeremy Roy spot, whatever it happens to be. Uh, but uh, yeah, I, the goalie would make sense, but it's just the, the timing of goalie development is weird. So I, I typically wouldn't want to ever use a first-round pick on a goalie unless you really had to. Um, 
I just think that it's, it's easier to project the other players in the other positions. But maybe that's what they do. Who's just, again, it would, it would certainly fill the need they have in the organization, which is they, they lack competent goaltending. Well, they haven't resigned. Obviously, Dubnik had a, had a very, very nice yeah. year. Uh, and I would assume that he's going to resign there just because of how well the year went. So for both the team and for the player. Um, yeah. But there, yeah, there isn't obviously a, a lot of goaltending depth. In the yeah, because the Wild are, I don't know, is there a trade they could make for Wild? Well, people don't really trade goaltenders, right? Because like, it's just his, it's amazing what a save will do for you. And the, the, the Wild had that ferocious losing streak at the beginning of last season. And then all of a sudden they picked up Dubnik off the scrap, scrap heap. Dubnik made a couple of saves, and they they ran that all the way oh. to to the playoffs. Right? They, this is a team that they're honestly they're a goaltender away from making the leap, aren't they? But I I think they I don't know if they're going to be able to go out and get someone who they can rely on more than the guys that they had this past year. Uh, the goalies that you know for sure are better than him aren't goalies that are getting traded. Yeah, that's true. You know what I mean? Like you just don't trade goaltenders on the trade market. This year is more. You do can you count on to be better than what Dubnik was? Even even if you say that he was um, he was he played over his head, which for a while he did. Even if he goes back to say like his the 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 run in the middle of his time at Edmonton, there's no one you can count on uh, being better than that. So yeah, I don't know. I don't. I, I, don't, I just don't think the trade route the way they go. I think they just keep Devin Dubnik and that's it. Yeah, right. I don't know. I just I think they might. It may behoove them to take a shot on that Russian. Yeah, yeah, maybe they will. I'm not saying they won't. I'm just saying that if you're talking about like getting a, a goaltending upgrade in the NHL in the short term, I just don't know if they're going to be able to do it. But if they if they go draft uh, Samsonov, then so be it. Yeah, it is an all time dearth for goaltenders as far as prospects go, though. Like we haven't yeah. like Samsonov. It's Samsonov, and that's it. Yeah, he's the only goalie that anyone's even going to consider in the first round. One would think. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo Remember- Sabers. From the uh, Islanders, twenty-one. From the Islanders for uh, for Thomas Panic. Yeah. Um, oh boy, that one worked out. <laughs> yeah, actually, you know what? That's that's the craziest thing about like the Islanders had this really nice year, but they gave up like pieces to get Vanek. Like they gave up Matt Molson, who they could have turned into draft picks and whatever. It's, it's, it's in the past, but uh, the Vanek thing has, it will go into the books as a mistake. Um, you know, this is going to be kind of the same names we've just been mentioning recently. I don't think there's anyone that screams as, oh, that guy's going to go here. So No, this is a best guy available because the Sabres need everything. Yeah, if you need know. every single thing, they're just going to take yeah, it like that. This is a classic uh, best guy available type of scenario. So, you know, the, the, na- the names that will be there, you know, you Ganson Harkins, Brandon Carlo, you know, White, Konecki, Roy, Erickson, Eck, if he's there, all the names that we just mentioned. If they, you know, it's classic best guy on the board. You just take them and you move on to the next pick. Uh, Washington Capitals. Um, if Jeremy Roy's there, they're going to be ringing that bell, I would imagine, because they, you know, need help at the back end. Yeah, uh, defense makes sense for them. Uh... Thomas Chabot obviously could, could go there as well, um, but defense thinks Chabot. Maybe they're, maybe they're the Oliver Clinton team. I don't know if if he's going to go before Toronto. I think that's the spot, or I guess the Canucks. I suppose the next pick, but yeah, because uh, the Canucks. It's going to be very interesting because the Capitals have a real scenario where they could take somebody, and then the Canucks go, ah, oh, forgot. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, 
Number yeah, 23. I think, I think defense is, is what both those two teams will be focusing on. The, the Canucks yeah. have gone forward uh, recently in the draft. And the thing about the Canucks, their, 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 their decision-making, like they go with a, a guy like Bo Horvat with the Schneider pick, and they go with a Hunter Schenkerich uh, later in that draft. Um, they, they've gone for guys that, I guess Schenkerich had a little bit of a higher ceiling, but with uh, Jared McCann is another example. Um, guys that are projectable as, you know, maybe not necessarily first-line players, but, you know, good top-nine type forwards maybe in the, in the long term. I think that if you're going to be a Stanley Cup winning team, I think your best case scenario is Bo Horvat as your second center as opposed to your first one. Um, so that they're another team that maybe isn't trying to hit so many home runs with the draft, at least uh, not recently. Although Horvat, I suppose, is a Gillis pick as opposed to the, the current regime. Yes. Uh, Canucks, I'm thinking, like... Uh, Defense is the spot they need if you look at the organization. Yeah, Zilbro might be there, so he could be a, a, a candidate for them. Um, do you like Kylington at all? For I, I would, I, if the Leafs have a chance to take a, a flyer on Kylington, I would love for them to do it. Uh, he's a great, great, great skater, and obviously he had a very up and down season. But guys that can skate the puck out of trouble like him, like those guys, are not easily found. So at twenty four, if the Leafs have a chance to take. Uh, Kylington, I'd be, I'd be thrilled. Um, so we have the Leafs at 24 with the pick that they got from Nashville. Um, Kylington is what I would. That, that's that's my best case scenario. That's yours. Oh, that's who yeah. I would like to see them have. Right. But obviously, there's there's a lot of variables in that. Like he obviously may not be there. Uh, I would like to see them have a chance at Jake DeBrusque. I think he's a guy that that was the other uh, guy I was going to ask Very good numbers uh, this year in the WHL. Um, and again, he's a guy with, with NHL bloodlines. Um, I, I think they're going to go high ceiling with this pick. I think they're going to go for a guy that if things work out, he's a star. Um, I like the other goalie, I guess. I, I don't think that the Leafs are going to take a goalie, but uh, I know some people are talking about Mackenzie Blackwood with uh, the Barry Colts and he's, he's a good player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know, maybe that's going to be one of the case for one of the teams in the back end of the first round. If, uh, if some team doesn't like Samsonov for whatever reason. Uh, Daniel Sprong is another guy that uh, that I'm, I'm hearing his name associated with the Leafs a lot. He, uh, he's with the Charlottetown Islanders, um, and he's a guy that I think has a chance to uh, again be a um, uh, a high end player. He's uh, he's six feet, uh, nearly two hundred. Yeah, yeah, and he's, he's, he's from the Netherlands, which is not necessarily considered to be a, a hotbed of hockey by any stretch of the imagination. But if if the Leafs again, he's he's not a, he's not a big guy. But he's he's really really good with the puck, obviously, and I think that uh, we we saw a lot of that in uh, in in the queue this year. Um, he he's a guy that I would really like to see them take a chance on if they're going to go with a forward here. Daniel Daniel Sprong, I think, has a chance to be a, a good player, and he's the high ceiling type of guy that I think they're going to wind up taking with the twenty fourth pick. I think with twenty four, they're going to take a little bit of a chance here. Yeah, DeBrusque was one of the guys I was I was going to ask you about. Yard, we already talked about uh, Kylington. So I'm guessing you like Kylington better than Larson. Yeah. Okay. Because Larson uh, was another. I was going to ask you if you if you if you like Larson at all as a fit for the Leafs. Uh, which Larson? Oh, th- sorry, the defenseman from. Oh, Carlson. Uh, yeah. 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 Right. Uh, Carlson with a C. Uh, yes. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Or oh, sorry. Or uh, Jacob well, Larson with two, with two S's. I, I sorry. I probably have an. Ad. Yeah. That the Swedish they played in the Swedish junior league. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, I want to say. Yeah. 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 That's, well, that's where Jacob Larson played. Um. Yeah. 
I don't know as much about Jacob Larson as I do uh, Kylington. I haven't. I've, I've been very, very heavily researching Kylington's game. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, if, if if I could see them go Swedish uh, defense in there, Sweden's been another area. Or uh, sorry, uh, Jacob Larson's uh, uh, was born in the U.S. but plays in Sweden. Um, he's another guy that, or at least uh, Sweden's been an area that's been good for the yeah. Leafs. Tommy, when they did the great scout clean-out this past, uh, like, after the season ended, when they fired everyone, and deservedly so, Tommy Bergman, was the, what, their, their head scout in Sweden, was the one guy they kept. And if you look at the results of their draft, uh, the draft track record, you can kind of see why Sweden's been a good spot for the Leafs. Yeah, I like that. Uh, I like that decision. Because, like, um, we talked about it earlier, about maybe the Leafs and... Avalanche making a trade, and I was wondering if there would be some way the Avalanche would grab this twenty-four pick from the Leafs somehow. So I've been—I was looking at <laughs> Larson as yeah, one of the guys. Uh, well, um, I think that one way that it could happen is um, the Leafs want to trade up to ten. Yeah. Um, Not see them being a scenario, and again, this is just me guessing at stuff. But you know, do you see there being a scenario where the Leafs trade some guys off the current roster to get from 24 into the top 10? If, uh, if, if let's say, Proveroff falls something like that, I'm just, again, speculating, but um, maybe that's something that the Avalanche do. Yeah, possible. I'll bet you you could pawn, if you, if you, if you really, and now I'm, I'm using pawn as a very strong term here, but I'll bet you could pawn Kessel to the flyers for that seventh pick in some sort of fashion i bet you could yeah um well i mentioned uh, jacob larson uh i think he's a good fit for the number 25 pick here the winnipeg jets uh this pick this is the pick that has been moved twice already it originally belonged to st louis and then buffalo and now the jets um a couple of ways they could go a lot of ways here i i i like uh Larson for them, uh, Zobro could still be there. Jeez, uh, who else? I mean, it's just Gabriel Carlson, who you mentioned earlier, could be, uh, it is a guy who could be. It just seems like they're destined to take a European here with this pick. <laughs> as yeah, I'm yeah, spitting yeah. out these names, that's just a random thing. Uh, Noah, is it Julson or Yulson? I don't know how to pronounce uh, these kids' last names. Yeah, the yeah, there's a guy from Everett. Everett. I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't watch a lot of Everett this year, but no, I, I don't claim to. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know um, which one for him, but I, what I do know is, I think that it might be. Well, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe with two first round picks, Winnipeg's willing to take a little more, a uh, few more chances. We'll see. Yeah, Sprong is a guy that they might go for because yeah, might, I think Sprong might be a good, might be a good guy for them to try out too. Again, high skill there, like high yeah. skill and. Um, Ehlers is a guy that took with, with high skill last year. They should be very excited about. He's a guy that has a chance to be a top line player for them. And yes. maybe maybe this is a spot for for Samsonov, or if they want to get crazy, maybe Mackenzie Blackwood. If they like, you know, it's um, all good moves. All good moves for for yeah. the Jets team that uh, is maybe a tweak or two away from really really doing something. Well, you know, the, the Ducks in that conference though. I, I know that it's going to sound silly because they got swept, but the Ducks pushed the Blackhawks to the brink. And the Jets, like, they weren't an easy out for the Ducks. I know, again, they got swept, but... They three overtime games, out. weren't they? Yeah. yeah, there was three games that came right down to the wire. So the Jets are not far off. They, they need to upgrade their goaltending, I think, but they're not far away. 
Uh, speaking of Daniel Sprong landing spots, the Montreal Canadiens with number 26. Yeah, that would certainly be a spot. Um, he's, a high, he's, a, he's the sort of guy that they like to take. Yeah. Um, this could be another spot for uh, Jacob Larson or Jacob Larson, however you pronounce that. Yeah, um, of course. Of course, uh, there's always the dreaded reaching for the French guy. They've tried to limit that in recent years. I have, yeah. But, so, yeah. What is it? Anthony Be- uh, Bellevier is. Uh, well, there's a few guys yeah. that might be able to like. He's the highest ranked one of the of the French uh, yeah. born players, though, or, or of the guys with the extremely French names. Yeah, well, Jeremy Rock, Roy, Jeremy Waugh, he's still the, there. Yeah, depending on how French he wanted to be. Yeah, uh, I think he's he, gone he, by this. Point. Yeah, I think he might be gone too. But um, there are some options, but they they've limited that in recent years. Well, it's, it's just not, it's not as as messy as it was in the uh, late '90s, early 2000s. That's true. But if they were to do it, this would be the guy, and I couldn't imagine a guy who doesn't fit the Habs more because he's just another undersized forward. I mean, I like uh, Bellevier. I think he's great, but I think he's a second-rounder at best. So, I don't know. I, I yeah, think, yeah, well, I, a, you know. yeah, I think it's bad. I'm just I'm just throwing that scenario out there where the Habs like to do their silly things with their with their guys with the super French names. I, I like Daniel Sprong for them very much. Uh, you know, uh, there's a chance that like someone like Joel Eck Erickson falls this far in the draft or, or you know, some of the other big and, defensemen you know, if Oliver Kylington's there. Which, yeah. And the know. thing about their draft track record the last few years has been pretty good. They're damn good, actually. Good. Yeah. Their trading track, re- track record, especially under Ganey and, and Pierre Gauthier, was just absolutely awful. And that's not including the fact that they tried to, but... They tried to make the worst trade in the history of sports with that Vincent LeCavalier deal that would have, like, right. that, like, you wouldn't think it was possible for them to, for that franchise to top the Patrick Waugh trade and how, just how poorly it worked out for them. I, I, what was the, the rumored deal? And again, I think that the people involved in Montreal denied this, but it was like PK and Pacioretty and somebody else. And Kerry Price. Yeah. Oh my God! It was because because remember at the time the it was uh, at the time that this was rumored there was the great Halak yeah price, price debate of 2011 or whenever it was, and the 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 feeling at the time for the Habs was well we've got Halak who just you know carried us to a conference finals he's ready we don't know if Carey Price will ever work out so maybe we we trade him while his stock is really yeah. high and. Yeah, so it was Vincent Why LeCavalier. Didn't that happen? Oh Why my didn't god, that, that would have been worse than that. Would have been the worst trade. Yeah. It, it like to, to me, I think the worst trade in the history of sports is. I'm, I'm sorry to bring this up, Craig. Is the Vince Carter to the New Jersey Nets trade? Well, I, I think it's the worst trade in history of sports. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you. Five, I'll sit here in five minutes of silence if you want to go ahead and find a better trade, a worse trade than um, than the haul that they got for Vince Carter. Marcus Naslin for Alex Stoyanov. That's certainly close, but I, I'm sorry, I can't give you that one. <laughs> like, not, well, they traded, like, they traded Marcus Naslin for a face puncher. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like, that's not good. Um, no, he, like the the Carter trade is awful as it was, yeah. and no one thinks that Rob Babcock is a worse general manager than I. Um, 
was, was really bad, really, really bad. But at the same time, they were trading a superstar who obviously didn't want to be there and was deliberately murdering his own trade value. So, yeah, that's true. Uh, I, I, I get that this is a conversation for uh, uh, perhaps another day, but the moral of the story is, uh, yeah, I really wish that uh, Le Cavalier trade would have actually happened. Yeah, I, I just which again, up. people deny the rumor of what was actually discussed there, but no, I remember, I remember that being a thing because because Ganey had been chasing Le Cavalier for like two years and was finally ready to. He was like, I'm doing this. I'm finally doing this. And then, like, because I'm looking at it right now, the the official rumor deal. Vincent LeCavalier straight up for a young P.K. Subban, a young uh, Carey Price, Max Pacioretty, and apparently the Habs were throwing in a second as well, just to really sweeten the deal. <laughs> so, uh, my God, <laughs> what a disaster that would have been. Yeah, uh, it's going to bother me for a long time that didn't happen. Oh, God. I don't even know. Uh, nobody even knows why. Maybe Bob Gaines just woke up and was like, wait, this is a horrible idea, and then backed out at the last second. I hope not. Because I can't imagine it was... Uh, it was the ducks going. You know what? Maybe we should, or not the ducks. The uh, the lightning going. Oh my god! <laughs> like, should we really trade the Cavalier? Uh, well, I got the Anaheim Ducks on the brain because they got the next pick, number twenty-seven. This is where a lot of people have Bittner falling. Sure. These days, um, since Bittner is apparently falling. The ducks falling. do like their size. It's yeah, it's in the back that. half of the round. Um, that that would make sense. Um. Yeah, there's there's a whole bunch of different guys the Ducks could go with here, obviously. But Bittner would make sense because again, like I said, they uh, the the Ducks are a team that, that likes to have their big forwards, so that makes sense. The Ducks have been a very, very, very good drafting team in recent years, and I see no reason why that won't continue here. Yeah, uh, Jansen Harkins is another guy I think that uh, is going to be on their board. Uh, it's another big center, six one. I mean, he's he's not stocky; he's only 180 pounds. But I mean, I think they really enjoy having that particular player um the pick they got from the new york rangers number 28 the tampa bay lightning uh i think this has got your boy gabe carlson written all over it what do you think because like he'd fit there yeah he'd fit there and they wouldn't have to rush him along no no and that's the that's the thing their their roster at the nhl level is kind of set for a while here. Yeah, for the next five to six years and, yeah. and you know, for the foreseeable future the Tampa Bay Lightning are going to be around. Um, what do you think they do? Do you think that they go with a relatively, because Carlson, uh, the reason I think they take Gabriel Carlson, because he's a guy they can stash away for a year or two, let him develop, and then bring him up and he's six five defenseman for God's sake, yeah, yeah. and if he doesn't work out, then they'll be like, okay, moving on. You know. Right, that's possible. What if, uh, well, I don't know, is this... Like, do you think that they roll the dice, or do you think they look for a guy that can help them right away? I think they roll the dice. I think that they uh, they go high ceiling. Um, but, you know, there's there's obviously limits to that. Um, what kind of guy do you think that they uh, they roll the dice with? I don't know. Like... Is, this a, is this a spot for Mitch Van de Sample of the... Uh... Oh, of God. the Oshawa Generals. Oh, I'm uh, so happy you mentioned that. I completely yeah. forgot that name. Oh my yeah. God! He's not a guy that could go in this uh, in this general area. He's, he's, Great he's a guy with a lot of flexibility as far as his position he plays. He plays both forward and uh, and defense and junior based on whatever his team happened to need. Um, he's a smart player. Tampa Bay has a lot of smart players. Uh, I think that he's uh, he's an interesting guy. He's, he's a guy that I'd be very interested in the least taking. Uh, at 24, if, uh, if some of those other names we mentioned are gone. But uh, Vandesample is interesting, very interesting. I love that. Um, 
What's the name of that uh, that like huge Russian? Which huge Russian? There's, there's uh, a few guys in the draft. The, he's like 6'5", 200 pounds. Uh, I think he played for St. Petersburg. Um, JHL. Is he a guy that Durgachev? they might? Yes, Durgachev. Alexander Durgachev. Yeah. Thank you. He's a guy they might, you know, roll the dice on. Sure. I, I, I see no reason why that wouldn't be the case um, or why they would want to avoid a guy like that. I think that they like high ceiling guys, so sure. Oh, God. I really like you. I'm so – I. you know what? I'm, I – I, I think Van Dessample makes sense. I see these, oh. these mocks where everyone has Van Dessample going in the back half of the second round or in the third round. I, I think he's going to go way before that. And not just because he happened to be on a good team in Oshawa. I just think that there's a lot of upside of this player. He's a smart player. And, again, the question is going to be, is he big enough to play defense in the NHL if you're going to draft him as a defenseman? Yeah, I was hoping Van Dessample. He's 5'10", 181, but he's 18. He can grow. Yeah, I was hoping he would be there at 40 for, for my Avalanche. Even I, I would be very surprised if that happened. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. And you know what? The Avalanche should probably be looking at, like, the Meloches and the Duns and the Larsons and the whatnot. Yeah, Duns and name. Yeah. Uh, and then we got the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, with Once again. Pick of the round, which this is the pick they acquired. Uh, pick belongs to Tampa Bay, acquired for Braden Colbert. Uh, um, if Jake DeBrusque is there, they're taking him with this pick. I don't think Jake DeBrusk is going to be there. No, I, I completely agree. But uh, he'd be guy a guy they'd think of. Uh, Ganson Harkins is another guy who might be there. Yeah. Um, what about if, if they're going tough? And, again, some people, like, they're, they're, the opinion split on this particular player. Brandon Carlo? No, I was thinking about Jordan Greenway. Ooh, even better. Oh, I like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can see that. Opinion is split on him. He's uh He's a under eighteen uh, U.S. development program Six, guy. Five two thirty. Yeah, he's a big guy. Um, twenty two games, twenty points. But again, the level of competition isn't uh, is something that is. Um, I don't. I'll admit, it, it, big, yeah, he's he's just a big, big guy. I admit, I haven't watched a lot of footage on Jordan Greenway. Have you seen him skate? Like, is the big thing with the tall guys is can they yeah. skate? Right. Like, uh, you, you know, he's got a. You can. He can skate, obviously. He's not a guy that is going to burn you, but he's not a disaster either. Yeah, but he's not one of those like tall guys that just like can't move no. his legs. Right? No, no, he's not. He's not a. He's not a skating disaster, but he's not going to. He's not going to burn people with his feet. Uh, I like it. Um, and then and last round is the Arizona Coyotes picking. Yeah. Last but not least, uh, picking in the Chicago Blackhawks spot for Antoine Vermette, a trade that, but three and a half weeks ago looked like it was bad when Antoine Vermette was getting healthy scratched. Yeah, and then and all of a sudden, gosh darn good. it happened. <laughs> like, oh um, my god! Like, how integral was he? I mean, like, what? Yeah, he, they, they probably wouldn't have won without him. No, he they would definitely would not have. Goal, and he was one of their more dependable guys uh, in their own zone. Had the, had the goal in Game Four against the Ducks that saved the entire playoffs for them. That, yeah, that overtime goal in Game Four. Well, it's the sort of thing that always worked out for them. Yeah. Um, and no, I don't know. There's there's an endless list of of guys they could take there. Um, Maybe that maybe it's a, a spot for Samsonov. Maybe it's a spot for Mackenzie Blackwood if they want to go goaltending. Uh, maybe Brandon Carlo from uh, the Tri City Americans in the Western League. Samsonov might still be there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, uh, this draft, I think that it, again, there's going to be a lot of different uh, different uh, opinions. Uh, yeah, I'm super excited for this draft because like there's so like it's so deep. Like there's so much talent in this draft, and guys are going to fall. Guys, people are going to reach for other guys that like. They're gonna like everything's gonna happen in this draft. Basically, it's gonna be. I, I think there's right. gonna be a lot of player movement at this draft. Yeah, like guys that are already in the NHL. I think that it's gonna be one of the better nights in a while because again, there are so many teams that are having cap problems, 
and there are a bunch of teams that you know are have available cap space that are going to want draft picks like immediately in order to sell that cap space. So God, I think that right? the, if the Blackhawks want to trade Brian Bickle and actually like, I think they would have to pay less of a premium if they said, okay, we'll give you Brian Bickle and our third round pick for your fourth round pick or something on those lines. You know what I mean? Like, I think that might be a possibility. Uh, I think that there's going to be some player movement here. God, there's so much talent in this draft. Like, there's so many guys that, that, that like, if you look at just in the second round, and there's so yeah, many. Uh, this is going to be remembered as the McDavid draft. And, yeah. But, you know, there, there, are, there are good players besides McDavid and uh, yeah. and Eichel, for sure. I think that, uh, well, I don't know. I, I think that the the rankings would have Mitch Marner as the third best player in this draft. I think I would agree with that consensus. Yeah, I'd, I'd I'd back that up too, but I like, I mean, just, there's so much talent. Like this, honestly, this has a chance to be the greatest draft as far as. I don't think it's going to get to 2003 levels because 2003, like everyone knew well, it was yeah. awesome before we went in and it was, it, it like lived up to the hype, mm-hmm. but 2003, I think would go down as. This, this first round though, to me has the potential to have somewhere between like five and eight hall of famers this first round. Uh, that's that's asking a lot of it. I would suggest that there might that's, be... That's at the high end, though. I'm, I'm, that, that's maybe me being a little... Uh... But uh, the 2000, 2003 draft that I was telling you about, uh, first-rounders, you have Marc-Andre Fleury, Eric Stahl, Nathan Horton, Thomas Vanek, Milan McCallick, Ryan Suter, Braden Coburn, Dion Phaneuf, Jeff Carter, Dustin Brown, Brent Seabrook, Zach Parise, Ryan Getzlaff, Brent Burns, Ryan Kessler, Mike Richards... Brian Boyle, Corey Perry, that's just in the first round. Again, oh. I didn't read every single name there, but you know, that's, that's, that's not bad. That's the end of the draft, yeah. That's, that's a pretty good first round. Um, now, I don't know if anyone there is a for sure Hall of Famer at this point in their lives. Those guys are only 30 years old now, but Brent Seabrook might, if things continue to go well, be one of those guys who gets into the Hall of Fame base purely on he was on cool teams. Um, yeah. there, there might be some others, too. Uh, and then if you go even deeper into that draft, Patrice Bergeron was uh, picked in the second round. Shane Weber was picked in the second round, who is the most likely Hall of Famer of anyone we've mentioned so far. Uh, David Backus was picked in the second round of that draft. Clark MacArthur in the third round. Um, and, yeah, uh, Jan Haida, again, not, not like a, a superstar, but he's played 600 NHL games, was picked in, uh, in that draft as well. Lee Stepniak was in that draft at the late end. John Mitchell in that draft at the late end. Mark Mathot, pretty good player. Um, Drew Miller's had a decent career. Uh, Joe Pavelski was picked in the late ends of that draft. Like that's, there are some, there are some very. Dustin Bufflin was picked in the uh, in the eighth round of that draft. Tobias Enstrom was in the eighth round of that draft. Like I think that's the best draft of all time. And I don't know if this is going to approach that level, but it's it's good. Oh. I'm excited. I'm excited for this draft. I can't believe they put it on a Friday night. How dumb was that? Uh, Craig Needles, thanks for coming out. No uh, got anything you want to plug before you before we call it a pod? Uh, not really. Um, just I think it's going to be a, a pretty fun week to uh, to follow drafts and sports because uh, we've got uh, NBA and uh, and NHL back to back. That'll be fun. Ah, excellent. Craig Needles, thanks for coming out. Not a problem.